Welcome to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg, editor of the Herald Times in Bloomington. And today we're going to talk about how to keep your kids busy this summer. Mary Catherine Carmichael could not be with us today. I think she's keeping her kid Dylan busy today. (laughs) But we do have three guests. Joshua Wolf is the Monroe County Public Library Children's Services Manager. Uh, Lisa Ciampelli is the Assistant Manager. And the Ellettsville Children's Librarian, Stephanie Holman, is also here. If you have questions or comments, please phone us at 855-0811 or 877-285-9348. Or you can send your email to noon at indiana.edu. Welcome to all of you. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for being here. I've already been warned that they're all storytellers, so (laughs) it'll be fun. It should be fun. Um, I I have to ask uh, the Bloomington Library people about the flood. That's my first question. Everybody wants to know. uh, There's a lot of water down there. What happened to the library? Uh, well, that's actually funny because uh, one of our completely unflappable staff members, Kathy Dyer, called to the back and said, Josh, come out. We've got a leak. And I went running out with uh, a trash can. And she said, that's not going to do it. Because if you've been down there, we have those glass walls right. facing Grant Street. And it was like looking into an aquarium. Oh, my god! There was like two feet of water you could see underneath and it was just leaking in under the door. Uh-huh. And uh, back by the staff entrance, too. So we just had to run and... Get extractors. Yeah. So, so what happened? I mean, how did they get damaged? A lot of carpet. We did, yeah, the carpet, but we did not have any damage to the books or uh, some of the computer workstations that were near there too were not hurt at all. That's good. So everything's running smoothly now. Today, two days later. Yeah. As, yeah. The dust and water have settled. That's good. As smoothly as things <laughs> ever run. All right. Well, I want to. Uh, I guess we can start start just by talking about the the summer reading program because I know that's a, a big program for you. Uh, who wants to start? Da, da, da. Go ahead, Josh. Oh, okay. Um, well, it's Catch the <laughs> Reading Bug. We have a new theme every year, and it comes down to us from the State Library. And it's been going now since May 23rd. In May, we already gave out at the main branch uh, 1,172 guides. So 1,172 kids uh, have already joined up. And I don't know, Ellettsville? Over 500 that first uh, startup period in May. And now we're up to a little over 600 at the Ellettsville branch. So this is big for us because they all come crashing in in like a week. It was sort of like the flood. You know, we have <laughs> the flood of children that we sort of brace ourselves for. Well, we so, do. We do invite them, don't we? Yeah. 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 So that's, that's 1,772 children roughly, give or take a few. That's just at the main. At the main. And, then, well, and, and, so and far, Ellisville. So far. Main and Ellisville. And they can also participate on the bookmobile. We haven't received numbers yet for how oh, many right. children receive their guides on the bookmobile. Okay. So how old are these kids? Anywhere from birth to uh, uh, birth on up, really, uh, the target audience or the majority that we see are, are generally around first through third grade. Yeah. Uh, it seems to be the most popular age, but but it's open to children of all ages. Yeah, birth on up is pretty open-ended. I mean, <laughs> could I participate, for instance? We do so, say completed sixth grade. And, and, okay. and we emphasize children oh, of all okay. ages. Uh, all right. All right. So how many uh, different librarians do you have working with these kids? We have a large staff. There are uh, four of us professional librarians, mm-hmm. and then there are how many paraprofessionals? Uh, five in it? paraprofessionals. Right, right. And we've got two interns now, and a host of teen volunteers who are helping out. Uh-huh. And uh, SLIS uh, volunteers from the School of Library and Information Science as well. Okay. We're, we really recruit uh, as many extra hands <laughs> as, as we can get during the summer. We yeah. really see our, our participation uh, increase tremendously. All right. So catch the reading bug. So explain how this works. I mean, I'm, I bring in my uh, – let's see. I'm, I'm a storyteller too. <laughs> bring in my seven-year-old son. And I want him to have a great time this summer and, and read some good books. So what's going to happen to him? Well, what we do is we welcome you to the desk. And mm-hmm. at, out at the Ellsville branch, I'm the only children's services librarian out there. But we're all dependent on the clerks at the checkout desk and especially at the branch. A lot of our uh, implementation of the program happens at the checkout desk and at the information desk. So we all pitch in and they actually – all the staff looks forward to it and uh, um, are very good at inviting the children. Oh, have you gotten your reading game yet? And most of them are are really making a beeline, if you don't mind the pun, (laughs) to the library uh, for this game. And they come in and they say things like, can I have that? Can I have that reading thing? Or, or do you have that that bug? I want the bug, and uh, and and occasionally the the reading game board. But at the checkout desk and information desk, we will hand the child this game board that they put their first and last name on, and we then uh, uh, ascertain how long they've played this game and how much explanation they need. 
And uh, if they're very young or new to the community or, or didn't hear us when we went to the schools, because we do a lot of explaining of our game at the school promotional events that we do. We visit every school in the Monroe County Community School System and the Richland Bean Blossom School System in May promoting this. So a lot of them know how to play the game to begin with, but and they just they are so empowered by their knowledge of how to play this game because it's not a it's not a simple easy to play game. It has four parts to it uh-huh. and and they can mix it up and play it any way they want so they feel really empowered on how to play it. But some of those younger kids, um, especially the the parents who are involving their children who are preschool, they need an explanation on how to make adapt this game board for their pre-reader or their new reader. And uh, so we'll launch into a longer explanation or a short one, and then we point out the different areas in the library where they can begin to play the game and always offer that help to find books, and off they go and they start mm-hmm. their game. Mm-hmm. And essentially, the game has four different uh, parts to it, and it's a chance for children to earn points for uh, doing different literacy activities throughout the summer. And of course, we're emphasizing reading for fun. And so anytime they finish reading a book or they have someone read aloud to them for 30 minutes or longer, or if they're listening to stories on cassette or CD, and and they can choose whatever it is that they would like to read, uh, we emphasize that, that they get to choose uh, things that are of interest to them whether it's uh, magazines, graphic novels, information books, their favorite stories that they've read uh, at home a hundred times, um, <laughs> you know, they, they get to decide. Do and, they get a point for each time they read it? Mm-hmm. Okay. mm-hmm. Okay. And then uh, there's a couple other literacy activities that they can do. On our website, we have a computer question each week, and this year our emphasis is on bugs. And so every week there's a new question about bugs Very and a chance. Very popular with adults. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> A chance to find out more than than you might <laughs> ever thought you'd know about bugs. Uh, so that's something that you can do at any time uh, for folks who have internet access from home. They can do it from home or when they come into the library, we can help them find that page. Mm-hmm. And then we also have a challenge activity in the library this year. Um, there's a choice of either reading a Rebus story, which is a story that has both words and pictures to go along with the story. And um, uh, we encourage uh, parents or adults who are in with younger children to read through this story with them. And then uh, older elementary children might like to try solving the secret message of the week, which is spelled out in pictures of bugs. Oh, sounds like fun. <laughs> sounds yeah. like an adult thing to do. Yeah. Uh, it's a literacy-based activity uh-huh. that is designed to bring them into one of our facilities. The weekly challenge element, which is the third element, there's reading books, uh, the computer question, the weekly challenge. We want them to develop a, a weekly habit, mm-hmm. and then the the fourth one is programs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Come yeah, to our programs. Okay. Well, we'll talk about that in a minute. I want to remind our listeners that uh, our guests today are Joshua Wolf, who's the Monroe County Public Library Children's Services Manager, and Assistant Manager Lisa Ciampelli, and the Ellettsville Children's Librarian Stephanie Holman. These are three people that I can tell have way too much fun at work. <laughs> That's right. And, and so if you have questions about uh, what you might want to do with your young child or your young grandchild this summer, um, please give us a call at 855-0811 or 877-285-9348 or send your email to noon at indiana.edu. So uh, in the summer uh, reading program, you have a different theme every year. As you said, bugs are big this year. What was last year? Get a clue. Get a clue. <laughs> Get a clue. <laughs> I don't know. Right. And we said that with quotes around it quite a bit yeah. to, to one another. Yeah. Uh-huh. Get a clue at your library. Yeah. It was very mystery-oriented. Uh-huh. And I, I just want to say, too, you mentioned uh, the fun aspect, but really this grew up within the library industry because there was a lot of natural re- uh, national research that sort of indicated that there was what they called summer reading loss. It came out of Johns Hopkins and places, and kids were losing about two months of their reading skills or uh, like 22%, and the teachers were having to make that up in the fall. Mm-hmm. And then over successive summers, this was con- you know, contributing to like a widening gap mm-hmm. uh, between uh, different socioeconomic classes. So the libraries, we, we do try to make it fun, but there was actually, <laughs> uh, you know, we really felt like we were filling a need yeah. uh, in the community. And no offense about that fun thing. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, hey, we're actually really serious. I'm telling you, man. So is there any research to show how this program has filled that gap? What the success has been? There's really quite a bit of research um, that shows how public libraries have helped 
children either maintain or, or even sometimes improve their reading levels just by participating in uh, regular reading for fun. Um, and, uh, and, and the emphasis has been on um, free reading where, where children can choose what it is that they want to read. And it just kind of is in, intuitively makes sense that when you're getting to decide for yourself what you want to read, you're a little bit more motivated to, to do that. Um, so there, there really has been quite a bit of research um, that demonstrates the value of public libraries' summer reading programs. Okay. And just 15 minutes a day. Uh, and, and we try to emphasize that that 15 minutes a day, make it in a space that's a comfortable, relaxed setting. Don't make it like a school assignment. Just try to plug it in with our game and it will be more accessible for the child rather than a homework assignment. But just sit down and make this a balanced part of your day and you'll get to the school year uh, feeling up to speed, and, and we see that time and time again. Um, but but reading for fun, as you, you mentioned, you know, could you read the same book over and over yeah. again? Well, sure, if that's what they... <laughs> that's what's fun. If that's yeah. what's fun for them, and, um, you know, they're, they're retaining the, the words and the, and the concepts there for themselves, and um, it's their choice. And they don't have to read library books. This way, this program can go with them wherever they travel this summer. So a lot of our kids leave as soon as school's out, and we don't see them again till right before school. They can take this game board with them or print it off our website, mm-hmm. and they can read whatever they want all over the planet. They can get on our website, do the computer question far, far from home. It's just the uh, programs and the weekly challenge that they couldn't do from afar, but this game can be played anywhere on the planet. I'm thinking they could read the Herald Times. They could. Oh, yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. Right Absolutely. Right. Well, let's talk, talk about the, pro- the programs that they could participate in during the summer. Oh, Stephanie, so you want many. to talk about that? So many, and on all of them. Well, you sp- can each pick one. Okay. Uh, sponsored by our, our Friends of the mm-hmm. Library, an extremely important group who help not only pay for this game board that we uh, produced in mass numbers for the flood of children coming in, but uh, they help us uh, uh, conduct many of this. Pro- many we do ourselves as professional children's librarians. Mm. We, we sure know how to throw a good program, don't we? Mm-hmm. Over the years, we've done lots of storytelling, craft, uh, activity programs. I've got one called Get Buggy. Huh, imagine that. Uh, where, uh, let's see. Uh, Did you just create that one this year? <laughs> yes, but it's designed on a program I have every year, which uh-huh. is a, a an activity-based program where they walk in the room and there's six or seven activities around the room and they, you know, rotate through the, the different bug activities. And uh, here's our description. Uh, rotate through a series of buggy activity craft stations with your own bug collector and journal. Participate in a worm race, eat food that looks like bugs, make creepy crawly crafts, and much more. So How, They participate in the worm race. Yeah, well, <clears throat> yes, with worms that are provided. And no worm will be harmed in the process. No worm, okay. <laughs> or eaten. No, no, no. Let's hope not. Right, okay. Well, Lisa, how about any... Oh, gosh, we're doing some... Can you top that? (laughs) No, I cannot. We're doing some midweek mayhem kinds of things. Uh, Wednesdays coming up, we have uh, just a a variety of things. Josh is going to be doing some uh, juggling, uh, one of his his many talents. Badly. (laughs) And some uh, magic tricks. Uh, We'll have a a day that we focus on uh, uh, different ways of uh, jumping rope and playing hopscotch and some of the uh, classic rhymes that go along with those, making friendship bracelets. Um, we've also invited the kids to bring in any bugs that they might find in their backyard in a sealed container, please, uh, with <laughs> air holes. <laughs> and, uh, and we'll help them uh, identify that bug with some of our reference sources. Mm-hmm. Okay. Josh? All right. Uh, I really, besides the juggling. Besides the juggling, yeah. I really want to promote the Fridays. We're doing a summer drawing spectacular uh, for kids uh, kindergarten through sixth grade. Uh, finished kindergarten through sixth grade, starting on June 13th. Every Friday from 2 to 3, uh, pile into the library, and uh, we're going to do how to how to draw bugs, how to draw Captain Underpants, <laughs> how to draw uh, supervillains, superheroes. It'll be a different theme each week. Uh-huh. And after that, most Fridays, there's going to be a movie, too, a uh-huh. bug movie, of course. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, what's the first one? Do you know? The B-movie, B-movie, isn't it? B-movie. Yeah. Oh, I heard that. I heard that on WFIU this morning, I believe, that yeah. B-movie is going to be shown. And we're going to show Microcosmos out at uh, the Ellsville branch and oh. then James and the Giant Peach. And mm-hmm. But I just want to remind that all of our programming is uh, somewhat collection-based or literature-based in that we are uh, trying to help the children have great experiences in their community with their families and other kids. So many of these kids will come to the library and see friends 
that they're missing this summer. But uh, it's also a chance for us to highlight different areas of the co- collection for checkout. We always have books on display, mm-hmm. and they just get checked out immediately after these programs, and people learn more about what we have to offer through these. And we've had a lot of uh, going to have a lot of professional performers that we invite. Uh, thanks again to the Friends Group. We just had our first yeah. one yesterday. Ad Zook's Puppets was at both uh, facilities yesterday, and it was a fantastic program. Mm-hmm. Really good. All right. Our phone numbers again, 855-0811-877-285-9348. And you can send your email to noon at indiana.edu. We're talking about all the fun that uh, we would all like to be having this sum- this summer. But just our three guests, Joshua Wolf, Lisa and Champelli and Stephanie Holman, actually will be having with uh, kids at the libraries in, in this uh, area in Ellettsville and in Bloomington. Um, I, I want to ask about the, the the kids that do come in. How for these different programs? I know you probably have a range of numbers for the programs, but what can you sort of identify a typical number? Would you have twenty kids, three kids, one hundred and fifty kids? It totally depends on the program. We've got you know for Edzooks, we just packed them in, and we we did it in the auditorium because you can you can reach everybody. But you know, with certain Lisa's doing some craft oriented programs that you just you know, you'll, you'll cut it down and you'll limit it to like 35 and you'll have to do registration. So it does pay to come in and look at the guide or look at the website, mcpl.info, and see because some programs are registration mm-hmm. and some are drop-in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you'll have a choice between uh, programs at the main library or the Ellisville branch. And one that I hope to have uh, record numbers for is a program where the Ellisville branch is going to leave the building and go out into the community, which which we love to do. And we're partnering with four other groups, and we'll be at Flatwoods Park. We're going to have a picnic at Flatwoods Park. This is our second year of doing this on June 10th, so next Tuesday from 530 to 730. And you can just drop in, but with the Bloomington Hospital which will be providing a nutritious meal for everyone who attends. Mm-hmm. Uh, the County Parks and Rec, which is going to dedicate a, a new ball field that night at 6.30. And then with our uh, own Edgewood Primary Family Resources Center, which is going to be giving away free books, and each child will get to decorate their own tote bag to take away. And they'll have the climbing wall there and tug of war, and it's just going to be a great time. And we had quite a quite a bit uh, since it's outdoors. And I, I, hope, I hope to uh, beat last year's numbers. But that's just an example of many ways that we partner with other groups. Mm-hmm. Josh? Uh, I wanted to mention teen summer programs too because we did. We said, oh, to grade six. But this year, which we didn't have last year, um, where there's a teen summer uh, reading program and the teens have a, can come in and get a reading log, read 10 books and get a prize. And they're also doing uh, quite a few really cool programs of their own. Uh, they're going to decorate the library and come in and paint I, I'm told, uh, <laughs> paint the graphic novel area. Uh, they have an insert your name here anime club. Um, the summer reading program goes until August 1st. They're doing a 12-hour comic book day, actually in conjunction with the children's uh, department on June 19th for 12 hours, uh, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Kids can come in. That's in partnership with Vintage Phoenix Comics. They can come in and write, draw. They're going to try to put comic books together. They're going to have food to eat. And so... and. Uh, I've said to mention Twilight by Stephanie Meyer. Yeah, this book uh, is really big right now with teens. Uh-huh. And um, What's the name of it? Twilight. Twilight. It's the first mm-hmm. in a series by author Stephanie Meyer. And uh, they're going to have a book discussion group uh, both at the main library and the Ellettsville branch. And uh, They're going to do Twilight, right? Yep. Okay. <laughs> and they're going to do Twilight at Ellettsville as well. Um, I think she's about to release her fourth book in this series. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just a big hit with everybody, and I, I look forward to having to go into the meeting room at the Ellsville branch and tap them down because they're getting too noisy in there to <laughs> talk about this book because uh, they're all very excited about it. And our teen librarian, Sarah Bowman, will come out to the branch to conduct that program. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I have a, a, a few other sort of, uh, I guess, housekeeping questions. Finances. I mean, how, how are all your programs funded? Is it just through the library? Or you, you've mentioned some sponsors already. Mm-hmm. Kids have to pay for anything. We have great friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Friends of the library. All of our programs are free, thanks uh-huh. to the friends of the library. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They work all year long raising money uh, through book sale um, and other fundraising events. And they, uh, we just, we couldn't do programming. We couldn't have a summer reading program without them. Mm-hmm. The okay. final prize for the summer reading game is a, a paperback book that the children get to pick out from the prize collection, and that's all provided by uh, support from the Friends of the Library. Okay. And you mentioned the fact that you go to all the schools and the community, and I wanted to, to talk a little bit about outreach. I, I think that, you know, in 
those of us who live in Bloomington and Monroe County realize that there's some some of our elementary schools are are um, very well supported by parents, are very well supported by PTOs, and and have a very high awareness of probably the need for summer reading and summer participation in, in programs. And there, there may be a couple of other schools that, where there isn't that high of a participation among parents and maybe not the uh, drive from home to participate. How do you make sure that you have a good cross-section of kids from all over the community? We get in those schools. We, I mean, uh, Stephanie and Lisa both said we, we go to every school and we establish re- relationships with the uh, media specialists in the school libraries there. Um, we try to also, not just schools, but, you know, go and do programming uh, in areas, in all areas of the of the county. So we do programming at the Banneker Center, mm-hmm. uh, the Bookmobile uh, and Outreach Services. Outreach Services has been doing programming at Head Starts uh, since, what, November, right? And I think they're going to continue doing that mm-hmm. um, in uh-huh. the fall. But yeah. even if a child hears us in a school and they never are able because they are dependent on their parents mm-hmm. to bring them and to follow through. Because I know they are going home and they are telling them what they heard. They get so excited from our promotional visits. And I know that they go home and tell, but they don't always get to come. But they have had that connection with the library through that that visit to the school. They've had a library service. And over the years, as we build this relationship with the schools and the kids, they know us. We walk through the halls and they say, there's that library lady. <laughs> and oh, hey, Miss Stephanie. And, uh, Do you remember me? <laughs> Do you remember me? Sure, I remember your face. And uh, over time, they, they build a relationship with the library, even if they never set foot in there. Maybe someday when they grow up and they're driving their car and they have their own kids, they say, I want to do this because I had this good feeling from these visits that I had. So even those who, who don't participate in our game board have had library service uh, through our school visits, which we do throughout the year, not just with our summer reading program. And I, I just want to share a little story. Um, we do this half-hour presentation, and, and we talk to the kids about our game board. Then we show a video that is made by our community access television station, CATS. And it's written by the Children's Department along with CATS. And I hope everybody gets a chance to see it on the CATS <laughs> website <laughs> or Channel 3 uh, because Josh here is uh, um, breaking all stereotypes of traditional li- <laughs> library service with his uh, without act- a helmet, with his active uh, skateboarding <laughs> through the library. But uh, as we uh, as we show this video, which then reinforces in a visually literate way what the game's about, and then after the video, we talk again and we invite them to this free summer program provided by our friends group. Well, then they go home and they talk it up. And I had this one parent tell me. He came home and he wanted to go right then. We knew we couldn't get this game board till <laughs> May 23rd, but it was Wednesday night. And to appease him, I had to bring him to the library. And once he was there, he was comforted that he hadn't missed anything. And, <laughs> and then he, she said he wasn't waiting for school to end. He was count down, he, counting down to when summer reading started. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so they get so excited about yeah. it. it in, in terms of, you know, there are very real reasons why some parents won't be able to get their kids there, you know, transportation reasons. They're working, um, mm-hmm. daycare, whatever the issues are. Um, are there, in terms of outreach, are there ways to get some of these kids help? That's something that we're looking at all the time. Uh, right now, we really rely on the bookmobile and the stops that they're making around the community. Um, especially when we visit schools that are far from the library, we'll emphasize that they can play uh, the reading game. They can participate by visiting the bookmobile. Um, but they can also print off the starter. Yes, and page. for folks who have internet access from home, they can yeah. print out a, a reading log um, and get started that way. Uh, but yeah, we realize that that a lot of kids are dependent upon the adults in their lives to bring them to the library or to help them participate. And we, when we visit the schools, we send home with each child a little flyer with uh, the start date and just basic info, and encourage them to hand that to their parents and. Mm-hmm put it on the fridge and encourage, mm-hmm. you know, tell them about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're also trying to reach some of those other children through through uh, bookmobile service. Yeah. Well, it's too bad you can't just load them all into the bookmobile, <laughs> drive around for <laughs> a while. Go. And, you know, that'd be good. All right. We've hit uh, a time for to take a break today. So uh, our phone number is again 855-0811-877-285-9348. And you can send your email to noon at indiana.edu. We're talking about what's available for children this summer in the Monroe County Public Library here in Bloomington and in Ellettsville. You're listening to Noon Edition. We'll be right back.
You're listening to Noon Edition on member-supported WFIU. Production support comes from Closets 2, providing organized and expanded closet and storage space for home office and garage, using a variety of systems with no major renovations. Closets 2 owned and operated in Bloomington, 332-2233. And from South Dunn Street Project, represented by Brian Lappin Real Estate, classic bungalow-inspired architecture in the Bryan Park neighborhood of Bloomington, www.southdunnstreet.info. If you're a person on the go, you can take WFIU programs with you. We're podcasting. Podcasting is a convenient and easy way to download audio files directly to your computer. Listen anytime from your computer, iPod, or portable player. You can download podcasts of full-length programs like Noon Edition, Ask the Mayor, and Harmonia, or short features like Kinsey Confidential, the Ether Game Musical Mini Quiz, and Movie Play and Opera Reviews. You can find out how with a visit to our website at wfiu.org. Welcome back to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg from the Herald Times. Mary Catherine Carmichael cannot be with us today, but I have three guests. Um, Stephanie Holman is the Ellettsville Children's Librarian. Joshua Wolf is here from the Monroe County Public Library. He's the Children's Services Manager. And the Assistant Manager, Lisa Ciampelli, is also here. If you have questions or comments, please phone us at 855-0811 or 877-285-9348 or send your email to noon at indiana.edu. Edu and uh, we sure would like to hear from some people from home. We can carry on this conversation for probably another hour and a half. But uh, if you have questions or comments, please feel free to to give us a call. One thing that um, Josh was talking about on on the break, and I guess I'm just going to ask the question this way: If uh, somebody has say an overdue library dun, fee, dun, dun, dun. Uh, you know, and they walk into the library, will a bunch of sirens go off and you know <laughs> yeah. lights start flashing? We have throwing hatchets and, and the whole thing happens. Well, I. I our, our director, Sarah, in a discussion with her, she mentioned uh, to me that she had done research or read research that indicated a lot of adults who, don't, who are not library users, when asked why not, they really thought that their library credit rating, as it were, had been ruined as a child. And they had never, you know, they just never go back. And we tell kids a lot in these visits that Stephanie's talking about, you can always come back to the library. Even if you, even if you really do owe a lot. Of, I always tell them, I owe $2,700. I make up a big, big thing. <laughs> but the, we'll work with you. And uh, I think that's a message that doesn't get out a lot because we have sort of a hardcore image, which we, I, you know, allow, allow Well, you can pay 10% continue. at a time yeah. to work that down. You don't have to pay it all at once. That helps a lot. And, yeah, I think uh, um, people don't understand even what their fees are. So just call us up even if, if you're afraid, yeah. afraid of the hatchets that Josh was mentioning. We won't chase yeah. the call. <laughs> They're storytellers. The hatchets, not true. Not, not true. true. Not, not true, true the hatchets. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. Um, I want to – you were talking about the uh, age range that you have. You said birth to probably sixth grade. Mm-hmm. For um, – I would think you would get a fair number of – of parents of, of toddlers who are looking for something to do in the summer. What kind of program do, do you have for, uh, for them? Say somebody with their two-year-old that just started asking why every time, <laughs> um, you know, for er- everything that happens. The library is a great place it's to get your true. answer to why. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We have a number of uh, different story times. Um, uh, the last Wednesday of the month, we have a story hour extravaganza in the auditorium uh, that includes songs and um, uh, films as well as storytelling. Um, uh, Mary Fraser is a, a tremendous um, li- librarian and storyteller who does our infant and toddler programs and has a program for uh, tuneful called Tuneful Twos. It's especially for those curious two-year-olds, uh, as well as um, a s- separate program for uh, babies and uh, children who are one-year-old. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, Christina Jones, another librarian in our department, has really uh, developed special interest in the Every Child Ready to Read initiative that our library has adopted that is really trying to explain to parents that it's never too early to start reading to your child, that babies uh, need to be read to. Mm-hmm. And um, and we'll be offering some workshops about that throughout the year as well as providing information on our website. Okay. It's there already on our website. Okay. Uh, what's the relationship between the the main library and the Ellettsville 
Branch. Well, we, we, we call it the Ellisville branch. Ellisville right? branch, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And the main branch, not the main <laughs> library in the Ellisville branch. And, yeah, the uh, rebels. <laughs> and uh, we are uh, very closely affiliated with the children's services. I am actually under the auspices of the Ellisville branch, uh, not the children's services, but we work very closely together. In fact, with summer reading, we will meet in August to review, while it's still fresh in our mind, how the summer went. Uh, I'll come over to the main branch and meet with these uh, incredible folks at the children's department. And you want to talk about a, a good meeting to attend. Uh, lots of fun at these meetings. And then in November, we really start in earnest. Very to, serious. <laughs> very, oh, wait, yeah. I didn't have to say that. We're professionals. <laughs> and then in, in November, we start once again to... Um, to really brainstorm, uh, you know, what we'll do with that theme that the that comes from the state library, and then uh, what we'll do uh, with our timeline and preparing. There's a lot of work that goes into what we hope is looking pretty easy right now down in the children's department and at the Ellsville branch. And so I work with them uh, very closely throughout the year. And, uh, and, and, and so we really work together on the summer reading program, but other elements of the year also. And back to your young child uh, question, young, young children's programming, we really do a lot of infant and toddler and preschooler programming all through the year. And, and frankly, at, at the summertime, I, I have to tone that down a little bit, and I emphasize mm-hmm. the school-age programming because they're out and available and, and a little less busy. So we, we try, to, try to offer more for them in the summer and a little less for the preschoolers. But then during the school year, you'll, you'll find the preschool uh, programs increasing, but we still have lots of options for school kids all through the year. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what about your relationship with uh, librarians in the public schools? Or are they now called media specialists? Media specialists. Uh-huh. Yeah. Is that what you guys are called? Or you? No, no. Oh, your children's library. Uh, we're not. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're specialists, but uh, yeah. We 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 try to maintain our partnerships with them. Uh, we're we're on their listserv, and we and at university school, Mary Deliso is a former uh, MCPL librarian, children's mm-hmm. librarian. So um, a lot of our goals are the same. They're, they're, they have some constraints with curriculum and stuff, but we did a survey, a community-wide survey as part of our strategic plan uh, at the beginning of the year, and 67% of respondents who were mailed this survey said that they thought the main role for the library in the future should be literacy and education, um, which is pretty pretty significant, you know, almost 70%. So. We do tend to work closely with the schools as best as we can. I mean, yeah, I have a great relationship with the media specialists out in uh, the Richland Bean Blossom School District, which is the district I serve with the branch, and they are very uh, aware of what we do and that our goals are similar. And I sit in on a lot of committee work at the schools to to uh, marry those goals together. But often the media specialist invites me into the school mm-hmm. at different times. For instance, they have their accelerated reading program all through the school year where a child can read a book and then take a computer quiz on it. And uh, when they reach a certain uh, level on that, then I come into the schools and, and do some storytelling to reward them for their reading. So, so there's all kinds of times throughout the year where we're invited in to partner with those folks. Mm-hmm. It's all important right. to have. Good. Okay, our phone numbers again, 855-0811-877-285-9348 and noon at indiana.edu. And I know that, that Josh and Lisa and, and Stephanie all want to hear from you. They want to know what you uh, would like from them yeah. and uh, the – the, the different suggestions you might have about the children's library, li- library situation. So just feel free to give us a call uh, or send us an email. But you don't have to feel sorry for us. We're fine. We'll, <laughs> yeah. we, will, we will carry on here if you don't want to join. But we would, we would, we would appreciate it if you, if you gave us a uh, call. I'm sure uh, all those parents of children are at the library right now. That's probably <laughs> what they're doing. That's right. Um, so, okay, here's a question I have to ask. I know it's probably hard for you to believe, but I can remember when I was a little kid going to the library. And, uh, you know, you couldn't keep me out of the Curious George area or the Dr. Seuss area. Oh, Are, yeah. What – has anything replaced them, oh. or is that still where the Never. every kid goes? Those are some of the classics. Are you kidding? <laughs> well, they'll live on. Don't worry, Bob. Okay. It is strange that uh, in our collection services, they just they just ran a report. Um, Pam Wasmer just just figured out that in children's older picture books, they don't. I mean, if they stick around, their circulations don't go down. Uh-huh. So these classics, because all the parents come in, if you took a child into a, a, you know, the children's department today, that's probably right where you would still go. <laughs> we all remember that. You know? Wow, that makes me feel better. So are there, are there new classics coming up that, uh, that kids will be talking about 
you know, 40 years from now? Yeah, we uh, all have, I think, some of our new favorites. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of Mo Willems and Nuffle Bunny and uh, and some oh, yeah. of the early readers that he has out now. There's a bird on your head. and uh, My so, friend is sad. My friend is sad. So um, that's part of the joy of our job is getting to uh, <clears throat> learn about some of the great new books that are coming mm-hmm. out and being able to recommend them uh, to to kids, you know, we'll have kids ask, can I read this book I have at home? And of course, but, you know, we've got a whole <laughs> bunch of new great things at the library. Just uh, I'm sure we'll be able to help you find one that interests you. Uh-huh. In fact, when I go to the schools, I always remind them we're not reading teachers. We're readers, advisors. We help people find the right book for the right person at the right time. And uh, we, we help them find this. And just yesterday, Lisa, I had this young person at the desk who uh, had one of those questions we all love where they just have a couple clues and, you you know, hopefully it's not the book was green (laughs) and tall. But uh, she told me that it's a a series of picture books and it's about a bird. And that was all I got from her. So I fished a little more and that's when I learned it was a pigeon. And and I went, oh, that's uh, the pigeon series by Mo Willems. Mm -hmm. And we were able to head right out there for that. So this is our specialty is knowing, you know, these new books that come in, getting to know them. In fact, I was just sharing with them that I highly recommend a new picture book that came out called Oni, the Postal uh, Carrier's Pouch Pooch. And it's a true story. It's based on a true story of a dog that in the 1800s helped the postal carriers mm-hmm. and traveled around the United States with them. So there's new stuff all the time, and, and we, we uh, do help out the Herald Times with a book list they have every summer so people can look to that. But yes. we have book lists on our website that mm-hmm. people all over the world email mm-hmm. us about and thank us for, yeah. and uh, book, set, book lists in paper form in the library, and then you can ask us. And we'll work with your child in a reference interview to figure out what kinds of things they're interested in, what age they are, and and what they might want to read, and and really help them leave with a, an armload of good things. Yeah, and, and the other favorite question is, I hate reading. I don't <laughs> even want to read. And, then, and it's, well, what do you like? You know, and yeah. finding stuff like and that. And sometimes yeah. it's the kids that introdu- introduce us to new titles or yeah. make oh, us yeah. aware of some things that we should add to our reading list. I, I don't think we can keep enough copies of Diary of a Wimpy Kid <laughs> in stock. Um, <laughs> That's a big one now. And uh, our story times are also um, on – some of our story times are now also on the Cats channel, the library channel. And so it's uh, for folks who have cable away to uh, see us share some of our favorite classics as well as some new titles. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to mention the last couple of years um, – the the American Library Association established a new award. There's some of the uh, longstanding awards for um, novels and children's picture books, the Newbery and the Caldecott Awards, but there's a new award for early readers that's named after Dr. Seuss. I see. Um, okay. So some of those early readers. So for those early reader um, books, uh, do you have certain sort of qualities that you look for? I mean, what makes a great children's book? Mm. Well, Dr. Seuss did write the very first controlled vocabulary, uh, easy reader. It was Cat in the Hat. At the same time, Little Bear was coming out, and, and the publishers were meeting a need that they heard from librarians and from teachers, which was that kids needed something as they moved from the picture books into the longer chapter books. They needed these transitional uh, books that helped them. And so an early reader would be one that has a controlled vocabulary, meaning it has a limited vocabulary that sometimes repeats itself, and the words that are chosen are ones that they can acquire to some degree easily. And uh, so we read reviews for these uh, books to see if they're well-reviewed and what age they're for and if they meet a need that we have in the library. We have a lot of things in our selection process when we're looking for these books, including our budget. And uh, um, But there are so many great things. I mean, there are thousands of books published every year for children through young adults. And our job is to try and winnow that down to – and we have some great selectors who help us with that. Well, let me ask you the same question about, about teens and young adults because it seems like that's that's an area where – there are so many varied interests and there are also so many varied levels of sort of experience and knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, how do you sort through that to come up with a, a range of books that you think would be popular? By that point, the, the interview, the reference interview as it were, it, you're usually asking what they read before mm-hmm. and then trying to give them – a lot of teens and young adults tend to be – a little more shy approaching the yeah, desk browsing on their own a little more yeah word of mouth from their friends mm-hmm. is a 
sometimes more valuable than our recommendations. <laughs> right, right. Or strategically had, placed displays. Yeah, yeah, if you yeah can book get, lists. Yeah. Yeah. But so, we just had some teens in yesterday. And uh, out at the Ellisville branch, we have a wonderful young adult collection. And it really is the best of the best because we can only afford. So we're reading those reviews. We're getting the highly uh, popular and the high quality items. And we're, we're keeping some of the classics that are always going to be important to teens. Um, but there's a lot of new stuff coming out, too. But I had these two girls come up, and uh, she was sheepishly asking for a story about romance. And she even mm. said, oh, that's embarrassing to ask for. <laughs> and then she described to me that she, she, the kind of romance she wanted, you know, with a little supernatural in it, too. And I, I started doing what we call a, a book talk out in the stacks where we walk out there with them. We continue to do this reference interview that we do with all ages and assessing what they want. And I described a couple titles to them, and there were two girls, and they were so excited. But they literally giggled with delight, and uh, uh, I was able to get a couple copies so they could read them together, and uh, that was just refreshing. And, and it actually happens quite a little bit that these teens will ask us, but I think a lot of them are finding these on their own mm-hmm. as yeah. well. And working with the selectors to just make sure that we've got a, a wide variety of uh, genres and um, things that, that are going to meet the reading abilities of kids at different levels. Um, and listening to our patrons and, and what they're asking for, uh, the young adult department are, uh, has had a graphic novel collection that, that we're looking to expand now because we've just had so much interest in graphic novels and the children's department is establishing a separate graphic novel collection now as well. So graphic no- is graphic novel and comic book the same thing? Hmm, depends on who De- you ask. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a hotly contested. I could take you to some, some really bloodthirsty yeah. committee meetings yeah. about that. Essentially, yes, a, a story that, that arcs through panels of pictures right. and speech bubbles. It, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, okay. I think they, they picked up graphic novel to try to guess away from the superhero stereotype. Yeah, okay. Well, that was actually a... Very serious question on my part. Yeah, I, I didn't know. Right. No, they went and they are circulating like gangbusters. There's there's a uh-huh. ton of graphic novels that are even in nonfiction now, history and biographies that mm-hmm. they just do very very well. Yeah. Kids respond to that kind of storytelling. Yeah. Okay. Eight five five zero eight one one eight seven seven two eight five nine three four eight and noon at indiana dot edu. Uh, if you want to ask uh, Joshua Wolf or Lisa Champelli or Stephanie Holman a question. Um, yeah, you know the graphic novel comic book thing. I mean, I remember again all those years ago. You know, reading you know all my favorite comic books. Mm-hmm. We didn't call them graphic novels at the time, and I and I was I'm sure um, getting a whole lot more value out of those than mm-hmm. anybody would have told me at the time. You know mm-hmm. that I was actually reading things. Yeah, I remember librarians kind of looking down on comic books mm-hmm. in my experience as a child. So. This does sort of represent a turnaround. We still get patrons who are surprised that we have those. There's research. There's research. There's research. (laughs) (laughs) We're quick to tell them. It it, uh, actually, uh, comic books that you enjoyed actually uh, increase your vocabulary. uh, And because you have to intuit a lot from the visual as well as the Mm -hmm. words. uh, So there's uh, a lot to benefit from a comic book. And, And it's not just the reluctant reader that enjoys those. Uh, heavy-duty readers love them, too, and it's just its just like everything. You know, the library's a buffet, and you come in, and you try a little of this and try a little of that yeah. and and um, and get a balanced life and a little foundation of, of literacy there from us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. We have a phone call, and it's... Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we have a phone call, and it's Linda. Linda, go ahead. One of my fondest memories as a child, I'm talking uh, six through maybe 12, was going to the library, particularly in the summer when they had the summer reading programs, because all the way through the eighth grade, I think, if you read so many books, they came to your school the first of the year and had a convocation or something and passed out awards and certificates, uh, usually for reading so many books during the summer and just a bit of recognition, but that wasn't the that wasn't the fun thing. The fun thing was reading the books. Oh, yeah. And I probably, that's where I read uh, Boxcar Children or uh-huh. Boxcar Kids. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, the the Dr. Doolittle, remember the Dr. Doolittle? Oh, yeah. I'm telling you how old I am here. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember those programs so well, and I really feel like, that having the privilege to uh, live in a town where we had such a fine library and a fine program really influenced um, my life. 
Oh, thank you. Thanks. All right. Thanks a lot for the call. Surely. That's great. Mm-hmm. Thanks. I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who would say similar things, but thank mm-hmm. you, Linda, for calling. We have an email that just came in. It says, could you talk a little bit uh, about your much-anticipated upcoming children's graphic novel section? Mm-hmm. And then there's a second question. Um, just says, although, also, we loved attending the story time that you had last summer for older kids. We'd love to see more of that throughout the summer. Mm-hmm. So Good. you can react to both of those. Um, uh, a lot of libraries do have uh, a, a graphic novel separate section, like a browsing collection. We have, we do have a ton of graphic novels in the children's area already. Um, they're just spread throughout fiction and, and nonfiction in all ages. So we are already in the process of pulling and giving them their own collection code. We've got only about a cart so far, but they will be. If you just come into the children's desk and ask where they are, we can show you. Um, they should be and filling we'll, the shelf soon. We're buying new ones, too, to sort of augment that. Yeah. And we'll have that at the Ellettsville branch, too, uh, mm-hmm. a separate children's collection as well. Um, I just I didn't know if there was anything else you want to say about graphic novels. But, the, but I just wanted to, on Linda's uh, comment earlier, share with you that uh, a mother came in. We get lots of stories like this all the time. Her pre-kindergartner came in last summer for the reading game, and older sister was doing the game, and little sister was thrilled that she could do it too. And because older sister was leading the way, little sister was um, really working hard to read lots of stories over the summer, and the mother says to me that I know that your summer reading program is the reason why my kindergartner, she's a kindergartner now, is reading at a third grade level. It all started last summer with your reading game. So there's lots of anecdotes like that that we get all the time, and I just love hearing that from Linda, too. Sure. Mm -hmm. Great. Um, The the second part of this email or question about the uh, story times for older kids? Yeah. Uh, we're all members of the Bloomington Storytellers Guild. A lot of the librarians are um, storytellers as well as readers. And we do try to have a couple times during the summer especially and, and other times throughout the year have some storytelling programs that are targeted to older school-age children. And so we are doing this summer uh, in keeping with our bug theme, bugs of all kinds, some Anansi stories. Anansi is a trickster character from folklore, a spider uh, who uh, who gets into all kinds of trouble. And so we'll have a variety of stories about Anansi, and that'll be a program in the auditorium on uh, Monday, June 23rd. And we will also be telling some creepy campfire tales Ooh. in the auditorium <laughs> on Thursday, July 10th. And, and what, what age group are you looking for there? It's open. The Anansi stories are open to school-age children in general, K through six. Um, they probably have the most appeal to about that third grade level, um, but uh, um, but they're really uh, good stories for for a wide age range. Mm-hmm. And then the creepy campfire tales are targeted a little bit older, just uh, so we can tell some slightly spooky ones yeah. to second <laughs> through sixth graders. Ooh. And um, and we encourage children then to uh, take those stories and and tell them themselves on their. Is there outings. a hook involved with any of these creepy stories? <laughs> we don't go to the hook. No, the hook. <laughs> I can't take the hook. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I have to ask before you know we have about five minutes left in the program. I have to ask about the um, the the new technologies and the use of, of technology today, and what kind of differences that's meant for being a children's mm-hmm. librarian. Mm-hmm. Gosh, that's a yeah another fun part of our job is keeping up with some of the new technologies that are coming out um, and looking to see. Um, just the different options kids have for finding information through some of our electronic resources, looking at the additional ways children have of enjoying stories in addition to our favorite books. There are stories that are on CD-ROMs and audiobooks. Um, we're developing a downloadable uh, audiobook collection. Um, and, uh, and, of course, the web has really expanded options for kids from we have a TumbleBooks ser- a subscription service, which is uh, available through our website where um, kids can find electronic books as well as puzzles and games to read. Uh, puzzles and games to read. Uh, well, they really <laughs> stories are, to read. They're literacy <laughs> games, and, yeah. the, and there are a lot of really well-known children's picture books are in that. So uh-huh. you can get onto the web and the book will be read to you. 
um, and then you can play games with the characters and stuff. Yeah, our so. website um, for all ages is a, a, a place to go for accurate, helpful, informative links. Mm-hmm. We work very hard for children through adults to really create uh, pathways that are helpful and accurate and safe. And, and if you go to the children's website, you're going to find some games that are that are age-appropriate and, and safe sites to go to, and, and we talk a lot about that on our webpage. Mm-hmm. So. Now, what, what's the uh, address for the webpage? www.mcpl.info and then a forward slash in children's to get to the children's homepage. Okay. And we have another phone, another email. So it says, hi there. I have a seven-month-old and have basically been reading to her and showing her books since she could focus her eyes. Awesome. But she's crawling now and interested in everything except sitting still. She mm-hmm. also just wants to chew all the board – all the board books, and that ruins them. Do you have any recommendations about how to read to an infant of this age? Thanks for talking about this today, and hi to you too, uh, emailer. Right. Oh, gosh, seven-month-old. Um, Cloth books. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. what they make those books for. Yeah. You know, the board books are. Yeah, and it's, you know, we have in our, we have plenty of chewed-on books, not to worry even about chewing on the library books. We, uh, <laughs> we do it ourselves sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's that's what babies do. It's part of how they learn um, to be able to find times when your seven month old is uh, at her, at his or her most calm uh, to try to really get get through a story. But even just to read uh, as much as as they're willing to to listen to, just to just to read a page, you know, not to worry about getting through that whole story. It's the it's the sound of your voice, the the words that you're sharing, the the rhymes that 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 child is enjoying. In the closeness, and we mm-hmm. emphasize all the time, follow their lead. If they get up and start bringing you something, just put the book aside. Don't ever try to, mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, finish the book mm-hmm. or, or, or enforce a regular time if it's not working. Flexibility. And in our baby programs, a lot of people worry, oh, my child won't sit still. Or, oh, yeah. Oh, they're, they're, my child won't. Li-. Well, our programs are designed to help your children through their ages and stages of development and and we don't mind a wanderer. We don't mind the mm-hmm. the verbal uh, practices in the middle of story time. We are helping your child learn how to be in a social group and and listen to in a group setting. All right. We do have a whole series of handouts in the children's department that give recommendations for how to read stories and books to choose for children at specific age levels, beginning at birth. Okay. Nicole, thanks for that question. All right. We are out of time. It went very quickly, and uh, we'd love to have you back sometime to talk more about this topic. Thank you. Uh, I want to thank Joshua Wolf from Monroe County Public Library, as well as Lisa Ciampelli, who's also from MCPL, and uh, from the Monroe County Public Library at Ellettsville, Stephanie Holman. Thanks, uh, all of you, for being here today. Uh, For Mary Catherine Carmichael, who wasn't with us, for producers Ariana Prothero and Catherine Hageman, and engineer John Shelton, I'm Bob Zaltzberg. Thanks for listening. Noon Edition is a production of WFIU and the Herald Times. A podcast of this and other WFIU programs is available at WFIU.org.